freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mark Passio. My website, www.whatonearthishappening.com. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central time. We have a good show lined up for you here today. Today is Sunday, May 29th, 2011. And we are going to continue our discussion about the esoteric symbolism of the pyramid and all-seeing eye on the reverse side of the Great Seal of the United States as used on the back of the $1 bill. We've looked at this over the past couple of weeks. I'm going to wrap this up tonight with a brief wrap-up and just an explanation of uh, the concept that this symbol represents the illuminated degrees of Freemasonry as I really began to touch upon briefly last week before we ran out of time. In the second part of the show tonight, I'm going to be uh, starting to look into occult symbolism in architecture. So that'll be very interesting. We'll see how uh, this form of symbolism is really all around us. It's everywhere if we only open our eyes and look at it, it is indeed hidden in plain sight. So I have one event announcement for today, and I'll read that before the first break comes up, and then we'll jump right into the topic when we come back. The Tesla Science Foundation of Philadelphia uh, presents its third annual Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations this summer in the city of Philadelphia. July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, and it's going to be comprised of four separate events. The Tesla Science Conference, which runs Thursday through Sunday, July 7th through July 10th, at 2 Liberty Place on the 32nd floor, and that is at 16th and Chestnut in Philadelphia. Uh, Each day, that conference will be going on from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it is only $100 for registration. $50 for students with a valid student ID. There will be a social at the Ethical Society with a few lectures as well. 
the Ethical Society is on Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. That'll be Saturday, July 9th at 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Then there will be a Tesla coil exhibition and birthday commemoration Saturday, July 9th from 11 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. in the Visitor Park area of Independence Mall Visitor Center at 6th and Market Streets. Finally, during the day at Independence Mall on every day during the conference, Thursday through Sunday, there will be exhibits, vendors, music, and contacts, contests on the grounds of Independence Visitor Center. We'll have more about this when we come right back after these messages, folks. Stay with us. Alright folks, we're back here on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was telling people about the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations, a yearly event that takes place during the summer around Nikola Tesla's birthday here in Philadelphia. And um, uh, this is hosted by a great group called the Tesla Science Foundation. It's going to be happening July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Lots of different events going on during those four days here in Philadelphia. I just want to finish with the last part of that event that I was reading. Uh, I made a mistake when reading it the first time. It is only Saturday and Sunday, July 9th and 10th. This is the last part of the celebrations. This will be taking place at Independence Mall Visitor Center at 6th and Market Streets uh, on the weekend of the event with exhibits, vendors, music, and contests taking place right on the grounds of Independence uh, Visitor Center uh, out on Independence Mall here in Philadelphia. So uh, for more information about the Tesla Science Foundation and this conference that is coming up here this summer in Philadelphia, I'd encourage everyone to visit their website at teslasciencefoundation.org. That's teslasciencefoundation.org. So that's the only event announcement I have for tonight. Um, I want to give the call-in number. Anybody wants to call in, there's never any taboo topics here on what on earth is happening. Feel free to call in at any time. Call-in number 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number 866-841-1065. So, as I said, the topic for tonight will be a wrap-up of the esoteric symbolism of the reverse side of the Great Seal of the United States, also known as the Pyramid and All-Seeing Eye. And then we're going to be getting into uh, esoteric symbolism as used in architecture and in street plans. In other words, things that are all around us, that are really everywhere to be seen, if we understand the language that they are speaking, then we can see how these things are being used around us in actual physical form and that carries energy with it as we will see tonight so let's jump right into our topic before we do I want to let people know that all of the images that we will be discussing tonight because when you're talking about symbolism you need images in order to 
uh, portray it properly and show people what you're talking about. And uh, in order to do that, I know this doesn't quite lend itself to pure radio very well, but when you combine that with an internet connection, it very much helps to uh, illuminate these subjects. So if you go to my website, whatonearthishappening.com, and you go to the radio listen page by clicking the listen live button on the upper left-hand side of the site, you will see listed there underneath the, the player images for today's show. And there are lots of images listed there. There are links, numbered links. You can click those and it will bring up the images that we'll, we will be talking about tonight. And uh, there are 28 images that I'll be attempting to make my way through during the show today. I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but we'll certainly uh, do our best. So here we go. In image number one, uh, this is a recap from last week when I was explaining the dual nature of the symbolism on uh, the reverse side of the Great Seal, the pyramid and all-seeing eye. This is a very misunderstood symbol. People think it only means one thing, namely uh, the dark occultists who call themselves the Illuminated Ones or Illuminati, ruling over a world of ignorance that is in the dark. And that is part of what the symbol actually portrays and represents. What people don't seem to understand is that two New World Orders are, uh, are symbolically shown in this image. The, the New World Order that will come about if the pyramid is finished, meaning that there are no, there is no more light in the world and everyone is kept in a state of ignorance, and that will build the New World Order of the pure brick or prison society, okay, that has no light in it. And the opposite of this um, is taking down the barriers or the walls that keep us separated or the, the blocks that keep us from ascending higher in consciousness and therefore merging with the light and bringing the light down to the earth for everyone or a state of universal enlightenment. And this is the positive new world order. In other words, it was two forms of masonry. The dark mason is trying to build with brick, with things that weigh down, with things that divide us. And the light mason is trying to build with light, things which illuminate, which enlighten, which uh, take away the heaviness of life and take away the things that uh, block us and divide us. So these two new world orders are quite different and they are attempt being attempted to be built by very different individuals indeed. So one of the aspects I did want to uh, look at was a concept of what the pyramidion or the very cap of a pyramid represents and how that is related to this esoteric symbolism by a phrase known as the stone the builders rejected. And we'll look at that in a moment. Just to uh, finish the review, um, in image number two on the site, we see that we looked at the gematria of the great seal and gematria is a system of occult numerology that combines form and number and we showed that the date on the bottom the date in roman numerals on the bottom of the pyramid when placed around the pyramid in a certain configuration which i took people through that whole process on last week's show which is in which is podcast number 61 in the podcast archives on my site we saw that the numbers added to 666 at the base of the pyramid and 777 at the top of the pyramid. 
this, of course, reduces in gematria by adding the digits together to 9 at the base of the pyramid because 6 plus 6 plus 6 equals 18 and 1 plus 8 from the 18 that you result with, 1 plus 8 equals 9. Similarly, with 777, you add them together to get 21 and then add the 2 and the 1 in 21 together to get 3. So this is called gematria reduction. It's simple addition of the digits until you reduce it to a single digit number. So um, 777 and 666 are very occult numbers. We see in slide number 3 that I am explaining showing the occult significance or meaning of these two numbers and what their reduction is. And in other words, the numerological reduction carries the same meaning as does the extended form. So the triple digit number 777 means man in a state of unity consciousness where the thoughts, the emotions, and the actions are all in unison. There is no contradiction. They are activated, unified, and complete. Okay, As we think, so we feel, so we act, and we cannot be made to act in a contrary way to how we think and feel. So this is unity consciousness. It is also represented by the three because the trinity is unified. Thought, emotion, and action. We saw the number 666 represents man and beast consciousness or unconsciousness. Thought, emotion, and action inactive and incomplete also represented by the number nine, the number of the ego. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. folks we are back on what on earth is happening before the break I was reviewing some of the aspects of the pyramid and all-seeing eye symbolism on the back of the one dollar bill which we were looking at over the last couple of weeks and we were talking about gematria or occult numerology and what some of the numbers that are associated with uh, that symbol actually mean in occult terms we saw that 777 represented unity consciousness. It simplifies to a three, which is the, the symbol of the Trinity. It is also a number that has been held revere in all forms of esoteric thought since time immemorial, basically. Uh, this is considered a perfect number. This is considered uh, a number that represents divinity in many different schools of esotericism and uh, mystery traditions and um, just uh, mysticism in general. So the number 666 conversely represents man in duality, in beast consciousness, in base consciousness, quite simply in a state of unconsciousness, thought, emotion, and action not even activated, certainly not unified, uh, in a state of ignorance, apathy, and cowardice slash laziness no willpower, okay? So, no intelligence, no care, and no will. Uh, that's what 666 has represented, and that's why it is the number of the beast, because when m mankind is in that state of consciousness, he's essentially very much like an animal. 
and that number reduces in gematria to a single nine because six plus six plus six is eighteen, one plus eight is nine. So the idea of ascending in consciousness, as we saw last week, related to this imagery, related to this symbolism of the pyramid and all-seeing eye, is to get out of the brick or the base consciousness, which is represented by the number nine at the base, and to get to the trinity or the unification of thought, emotion, and action, which is the awakening or the opening of the all-seeing eye, which is represented by the number three. So to go from nine to three, and we, we see that this number, this concept is repeated once again in the um, symbolism of the compasses square and G, which we overlaid on the pyramid and all-seeing eye to show that uh, the five points of the um, compasses and square symbol, sometimes called the five points of fellowship, okay, point to five letters in the great seal that spell out the word Mason, because we are all collective builders of the experience that we must live in. We are the co-creators of our own reality through our own thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. And when you put those all together collectively with what everyone is doing with their co-creative capacities, you get the world that we have today. So we're not doing a very effective job as co-creators of our reality, but nonetheless, those laws continue to apply and continue to work whether we are cognizant of them, whether we recognize them, whether we uh, acknowledge them and try to live in harmony with them or not. So, uh, again, look at, look at the concept symbolically here. At the top of the compasses is the three, and that's the state of compassion, of higher consciousness, of, you know, understanding that we are one. The left and the right have come together. The masculine and feminine have merged, okay? We are no longer in the unnatural state of being squared on the square, okay? And, and, that sometimes used as a compliment in Freemasonry, saying, well, he's a fair and square guy. You deal with him, you're getting a square deal, okay? In other words, he's dealing fairly with you. Uh, on the square in general is, is more of an insult than it is a compliment because if you know the esoteric meaning of the square in the configuration that we see it in related to the compasses and square, it means base consciousness to invert the square so that the point points upward is to correct that base consciousness and balance it. So um, in the configuration that we see it used in the compasses and square symbol, it means that we must circumscribe our base instincts and, and lower levels of consciousness by higher awareness and knowledge of self. So uh, just think about it. Three squared is nine. Okay, just in mathematical terms, it also makes sense. Okay, uh, it is the squaring of the circle rather than the circling of the square. We need to circle the square, meaning refine our rough edges. Okay, take our unnatural state, which we've been conditioned into, and try to make it perfect again and resemble the divine shape of the circle. Okay, so this number 93 which is one of the most important occult numbers, which we talked about a little bit about last week, means to go from the nine to the three, or from base consciousness to higher level awareness, and it is the process of ascension which requires both willpower, care, and love. Okay? Not just intelligence, but knowledge, and then the 
care and will to act upon that knowledge, which is ultimately what wisdom is all about. So we saw these concepts last week. That's a brief review. At the end of last week, I was uh, once again showing the image of the overlaid compasses and square. This is now on image number five on the website, on the radio listen page at whatonearthishappening.com. I overlaid the square and compasses on top of the pyramid and all-seeing eye and showed that these 13 levels of brick that lead to the all-seeing eye of enlightenment at the top of the pyramid represent the 13 illuminated degrees of masonry which when combined with the blue and red lodge degrees give a total of 45 degrees and this is a symbolic number okay this number is symbolic it's the, it's the highest level of masonry for a reason these are personal degrees this is sometimes referred as the true lodge of perf perfection okay it is also referred to as the illuminated degrees of freemasonry and some people simply refer to as either the white lodge if it is based in light freemasonry or the black lodge if it is based in dark masonry where the building material is stone meaning base consciousness okay so there are three degrees in the blue lodge okay then the red lodge culminates in the 32nd degree okay so 29 additional degrees in the red lodge a total in lower freemasonry of in the scottish rite of 32 degrees this is the freezing point of water okay above 32 degrees water thaws it becomes free-flowing it's no longer ice it's no longer in one form it can take many forms it can take many shapes okay but below that it's still frozen meaning you're still frozen if you're not in the state of enlightenment meaning you're still part of that brick structure thinking that you could modify that structure from the inside that you're not fully outside the box a 33rd and higher degree me degree mason is referred to as the illuminated degrees the first the 33rd degree is an honorary degree of the scottish rite above that there are these personal or illuminated degrees 13 of them total starting with 33 culminating in 45 okay and there's a reason for the 45th degree as the main symbol of the highest level because in order to transcend the square and go to the compasses through the G which represents God which represents Gnosis which represents the great architect which represents true care as we saw in past weeks looking at this symbolism you have to completely make a straight line from the very bottom point of the square to the top point of the compasses that's the straightest line out of base consciousness to higher knowledge of self we'll continue with this on the other side of the breaks folks don't go anywhere you're listening to what on earth is happening on the oracle broadcasting network of cutting edge talk Okay, folks, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. 
my website, whatonearthishappening.com. We've been talking about the illuminated degrees of Freemasonry as related to the symbolism on the back of the uh, $1 bill, the pyramid and all-seeing eye. We were looking at image number five on the radio listen page of my website, and we were seeing that the illuminated degrees are the um, last 13 degrees out of 45 degrees in esoteric Freemasonry. And uh, this represents the splitting of the square, or in other words, getting off the square in a direct line to head toward the apex of the pyramid or compasses toward the light. So that's why uh, the, there's 13 degrees at the end or above the 32nd degree, not only to represent the state that water melts, and water melts when light and heat is, ex it is exposed to the, the heat of the sun, the light, okay? <clears throat> when it's ice, to become water, it has to be exposed to heat. And it, this also represents <clears throat> um, getting past all of the final things that bind us, that we may be holding ourselves back through. Not only understanding all of the things that have gone awry with the world in an external sense, but then working on ourselves in the, 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 the sense that we take care of all the little bits of ego that is still binding us and holding us back. Okay, So this is sometimes referred to as the Lodge of Perfection or the Illuminated Lodge. And when we get past those 13 final levels, and again, it's a symbolic number because 13 represents the sun plus the 12 houses of the zodiac, another number that is associated with light and the sun, okay? We get past that 13th level of brick and we stand in the space, okay? Now, th this concept is easier to see if you look at the image without the square overlaid. So if we go back to image number one, we can look at the seal in the middle without anything overlaid on top of it. And we can see the space that exists between the brick and the light. Okay. Now this represents being out of the prison, but we don't identify with that all seeing eye because that would mean we think of ourselves as God. We stand under that all-seeing eye in a state of sovereignty. There is nothing between us and it, okay? We stand alone atop the base consciousness that we have conquered, we have moved past, we have gotten outside the boundaries of, okay? Until we are in that space, that wide open space, the widening, the broadening, okay? The awakened consciousness where we understand that we are sovereign, that there is nothing between us and the Creator, represented by the all-seeing eye itself. That we are sovereign under that and that alone. So that's what this symbol ultimately represents. This is some of the deeper aspects of it. And the final thing I'd like to bring up about this symbol is the concept of the stone the builders rejected when it relates to this. Because this is a concept of the capstone or chief cornerstone, also known as the pyramidion of a pyramid, the, the top piece that completes the pyramid at the very apex, okay? There are two stones that the builders reject. This is a term in masonry, okay? A light mason rejects the dark 
stone, and a dark mason rejects the light stone. So I will explain what I mean by this, okay? As we saw, in light Freemasonry, a true Freemason, from an esoteric perspective, is trying to build a world based in freedom. That's the end goal, okay? Based in knowledge of oneself, which is light, okay? Enlightenment, freedom, love, all right? In doing so, he wants to remove the stone, meaning ignorance and things that weigh us down, okay? To bring more light to the earth so that eventually the earth is completely enlightened, all right? The de-stoning, as we saw when we looked at Royal Arch Masonry, also represents the decalcification process as related to the pineal gland or the third eye or all-seeing eye within us in the center of the head and the human brain. So, the light mason rejects the stone, the chief cornerstone at the top of the pyramid of stone. That is the piece that needs to be added to block out the light. Okay? The light mason has a stone that he rejects. The stone those builders reject, okay, is the actual stone pyramidion that we see on the left-hand image here of the dark new world order. That capstone is put in place and blocks out the light from the world, the little that, that does remain, so that the dominate, male dominator world can be completed, the prison for souls. That is the stone that the light mason rejects. The stone the builders rejected. Okay? I have rejected that stone. And it will not be placed if I have anything to say about it and do about it. The dark masons conversely also reject a stone. The stone the builders rejected when you were referring to the dark builders is the light capstone that we see in the middle image there the all-seeing eye, the light of the creator. They, are, they reject that stone and want to get rid of it from the world so that they can complete their dark new world order project. So the, the seal completely makes sense. Anuit Coeptis, he or she favors our work, the new world order. Well, which God are you serving? Which force are you serving? Are you serving the light or are you serving darkness? Are you serving the force of good or evil? Are you serving true freedom or do you want to enslave the world? Okay? And the God that you're serving, the force you're ultimately serving, certainly favors your work that you're doing, the building project you are undertaking to build the world that they want to see come to fruition. So this symbol represents all of us collectively as the builders of our world. Which force, which God do we serve? I'm comfortable with the word God. Which creative force do we serve? Which generative principle? Which form of service? Service to freedom and helping others and helping the world become enlightened, illuminated truly? In truth? or service to self, where you only care about yourself and your own egoic needs. In which case, 
you're certainly help building that dark new world order that we see on the left hand side of that image so I'm gonna leave the breakdown of this esoteric symbol there we're gonna move into architecture a little bit later on but I see we have some people very interested and we have some folks on the line so I'm gonna go to the phones be patient I will get to you if you're uh, hanging on the line the call-in number once again 866-841-1065 feel free to call in let's go to the phones and take some calls here we go caller you're on what on earth is happening hello hi you're on live on what on earth is happening how are you and what do you have for us hi uh, this is uh, Mark from Delaware how you doing good how are you uh, good um, I, I've been listening to you since uh, the Gnostic media web podcast um, I'm interested in the green language that you've been talking about and I was wondering if like all the English words are constructed with good and bad meanings or is it just some or where you have to figure it out for yourself or I, I think that is the best course of action to take uh, I hear different people's opinions on this that English is a horrible demonic language I hear other people say that English is an angelic language I think that the intent of the the people who ultimately constructed this language when it was in its infancy has everything to do with where the words came from and the the energies that they carry we need to go back to etymologies and understand where words come from in order to basically interpret their meanings and not everything is all one-sided or all the other way I mean there are some things that are like that but when it comes to something as complex as language and that has been around as long as language you can bet that there's some form of a dichotomy or a dual nature to it so my best suggestion when it comes to that is study it on your own understand where words come from that's the most important factor when it comes to this but I wouldn't look at it like it's all just evil uh, no, nor would I look at yes. it it's just all good either yes I, I, I can see that um, uh, the word degree like you're talking about degrees a lot and I keep thinking like they're using degrees for temperature plus Masonic plus sure. uh, ma mathematical is there a tie in with all three of them or hold, hold that thought hold that thought I'll let yeah. you re-ask the question on the other side we're coming up to a break we'll be right back folks on what on earth is happening don't go anywhere Welcome back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, we were taking a call. I'm going to go back to the caller. Mark. Paul, are you still there? Yes, Mark. How you doing? Great. You had a question? Yeah, I was uh, one. Yeah. Sorry. I was uh, wondering about the word degree, if there's a tie-in with the temperature part of it and the geometry of course with Masonic and absolutely it doesn't seem like there would be a connection but I maybe well, explain it like I said the 32 degrees are the frozen degrees you have to get up to the 33rd in order to get to the illuminated place and uh, there's oh. more work to be done even there uh, that's the freezing temperature of water is 32 degrees so water finally begins to melt or thaw 
Okay, so the the actual state of becoming free flowing and not being in a uniform one form, being able to flow freely, comes when we thaw, when our ice thaws. Okay, you're starting to really understand true care and um, get out of that state of being frozen or thinking that uh, the system as it is now uh, doesn't need to be completely uh, done away with basically you know that you think you're going to work yeah. within that system you're one of those bricks in that pyramid in the wall you know um and uh that is that is one of the symbolic meanings of of the term degree it also represents the the degree of arc when it comes to the measurement of um uh astronomical measurements so this is uh the degrees of a circle because it's all you know the degrees in astro the measurements in astronomy that we use degrees in are based in the circle because the the circle is the the form of the celestial sphere okay same thing with the lines of latitude and longitude on the earth we use degrees and arcs etc when we uh, measure the earth so when we're measuring the earth or the sky we use degrees okay and this is related to the astrotheological um uh, cults of the ancient world, as we saw previously on this show when we looked at the cults of the sun, the stars and planets, and the moon. These are the three great religions of the world, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So uh, as they come down to us in the modern world through religion. So um, it's another aspect of degrees. You know, the zodiac is broken into um, 12 houses, each 30 degrees, Okay. Um, you can look at the eight sections of the zodiac broken down by the 45 degrees each of the, the places between the, the crosses, the sections of the zodiac between the, the arms of the, uh, the solstice cross and the galactic cross. Okay, the equinox and solstice forms one cross on the zodiac, and then there's something called the galactic cross formed by the four fixed signs of the zodiac representing earth, air, water, and fire. And um, the, the sections between those uh, arms of the cross are, are eight, since you have two crosses that forms eight arms. There's a 45 degree angle between all of those. So again, this number 45 is a number that's based in the circle. If we do the gematria of the complete circle, which is 360 degrees, we get the number 9. If we add 4 plus 5, it, you get the number 9. So 36, 360 and 45 are equivalent when it comes to uh, esoteric numerology when it comes to degrees. So it's like saying you've come full circle. You've made the complete transit, the complete journey is what that 45 is saying. It's a complete completing of the circle, which again is the divine shape. It's the shape that represents truly knowing oneself, coming to a place of true higher level knowledge of self. So that's yeah, my, that's so my take on what degrees represent. It's so synchronistic. I mean, everything fits together like a puzzle, you know? Sure. The words and stuff. Um, all, I have one more all, word, and then I'll let you go. It's all right there before us. We just have to become conscious yeah. enough to see it. Yeah. I had, like, one more word that bugged this shit out of me for a long time, and uh, I'm still, maybe you could explain it. The word diet, D-I-E-T, like, people go on a diet, and the word die is in there. Sure. And most of this diet stuff is artificial sweeteners, which aren't good for you, other than, like, stevia and stuff like that. 
Uh, is, is that intentional? I've I've heard that. I don't know if I make anything yeah. of that, but uh, I've heard people refer to it that way. The the word yeah, it's weird. itself represents uh, uh, power. Represents in general um, uh, some form of power, uh, namely personal power, usually in in its true form. So. Um, you know, it could be the power to help ourselves if we use diet in the proper way, and it could also be the power to yeah. harm ourselves if we are unconscious of, of you know, how dangerous it could be to eat the wrong things. Right. So. Yeah, I thought so too because I thought there was a good side to it too. Sure. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, your your answers. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks. Okay. Here we go. Another call, caller. Welcome to What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hello. Hi. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hello. Hello, caller. Can you hear us? Hello. Yes. You're on, you're on live. What do you have for us? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. Excellent, Mark. Uh, very glad that you're covering these topics. They're very illuminating. Thank you. I had a question specific to uh, geometric reduction. Yes. Uh, is this part of the Pythagorean system? Uh, I don't think that it's part of his system of mathematics. I mean, maybe he possibly did use geometry in some of the things he did. I can't say that I know that for certain. Uh, maybe someone else could illuminate that. But um, in general, this is just a very ancient form of occult numerology that takes things and distills them down to their essences through simple addition. Meaning, if you add this to, to something, here's what you'll get as a result. And then they just make that simpler and simpler by continuing to do the addition until you get down to a single-digit number, which cannot be reduced any further. So it's like a process of distillation when it comes to the symbolic meaning of a number, as I understand Indeed. it. And, and you've given some of these numbers, like ego is the number of nine, and I believe you said that four was the number of goddess. I didn't really get into the number four much. Um, uh, four, you know, basically represents the elements and the cardinal directions. You know, it's a, a, a way of seeing the physical reality. You know, five then adds the, the spiritual nature to that equation, you know, because of the five points of the star and the pentagram, etc. Um, you know, so earth, air, water, and fire, the force um, uh, physical aspects to existence and then ether slash spirit true self higher self consciousness is the fifth element in that equation so uh that's my take on the number four i didn't specifically mention it too much when we were looking at numbers i've mostly stuck to nine and three right and i understand those now that you've mentioned it um i looked at the caduce the caduci yes. the symbol of um, the doctor's Correct. Nowadays. And I, I saw the two serpents there, and I was like, interesting. They're, they're not actually part of the, the spine of right. the illuminated uh, person that they're being described here. They're actually added to it. Right. And I was wondering, is this the maker's mark? To Literally, me, that the serpents are the ones who did the change to the, to the DNA of humans back when. Right. And is this their mark? Of them, 
Well, that's one way of also looking at that. The other way of looking at intertwined serpents making their way up uh, a pole or a spine would be the kundalini energy that is connected with enlightenment and true health, both physical and mental. So, um, again, it depends on who's using it for, and what purpose it's being used for. So, in modern medicine, I would say that that's definitely being used in a negative way because modern uh, the science of modern so-called medicine is very stuck in the left brain intellect without a holistic approach to the to the body and mind and and spirit as well uh, and it's really doing more damage than good in the modern world and you see how these doctors are completely in bed with the pharmaceutical industry and looking to make a profit above helping the patient uh, and I know that's a harsh way of putting it, but really, that's what's really going on. Um, some people don't want to see that, but um, it's uh, it depends on who's using that symbol and the purpose they're using it for, whether it, you look at it with a positive connotation or a negative one. But I would say, as any other symbol, it can have dual meanings. Hold that thought. We'll be right back on what on earth is happening after these break. This break. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. You're live. Hello, Mark. How you doing? This is Freighter X calling. Freighter X, how are you? Great to hear from you. Been trying to get a hold of you for about a week. I knew I'd find you here, though. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm sure you'll have yeah, a, lot, listen, I wanted, a lot to say on, the, on these topics, so go right ahead. Yeah, I wanted to digress a little bit back to your 45-degree analysis. Yes. Uh, where you spoke about the red and blue lodges coming together to form a uh, the first phase of that, what'd you say, three, three degrees in the blue lodge and then the 32 of the red, right? Well, 29 additional in the red to form the lower 32 degrees of the Scottish right. And then above that is the 33rd and the 12 above the 33rd to, for a total of 45. Those are personal, unacknowledged degrees, however. Sure, sure, I understand. You called them the uh, illuminated degrees, right? Yes, the 13 illuminated degrees connected to it. I was just, I guess I misunderstood you because I thought you uh, added the blue to the red at the beginning and I was going to discuss with you, No, you know, uh, because I, the, the Scottish Rite's claim to those three degrees is very uh, uh, debatable as far as I'm concerned. Right. And I wanted to also point out to you that, uh, you know, uh, uh, there, well, I don't want to seem as if I'm contradicting because I really appreciate a lot of the analysis you've given, especially that the numerology concerning the uh, the nine and the ego sure. that was uh, based on the Greek word thelema, right? Yes. Well, ninety three ninety three is thelema, uh, which means oh, okay. the the process of a coming up 
in consciousness ascension toward higher levels of awareness coming out of the nine and to the three, out of ego and to the light. Uh, so 93, is, it, it means, uh, thalema means will, and it also is equivalent in gematria in numerology to the word agape in Greek, which means love, because these processes sure. mean the same thing. They are the same thing if we're doing it for the right reason. The will to, to cl make that climb in consciousness is love. And, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, isn't that um, the uh, St. Augustine said, love and do what thy will is the law? And then uh, Alistair Crowley said the same thing. Well, he just said, do what thou wilt is the whole law, right? The law of Thelema. If we add in addition to that, that love is the law to love under will, which means that in order for will to be truly activated in the world, it must rest firmly upon a foundation of love. P place the word... Right. Place the word love under the word will. Will, on top of love, we have to build our will on a foundation of love, of understanding that we are all one, that as we do to one, we do to all, the principle of the golden rule of treating others as we would be treated. Therefore, love has to be the very foundational basis of any of those actions. That's what that ultimately I means. More. Yes. And that isn't that the quote of uh, St. Augustine's, right? Love and I, do what thou wilt. I would have to agree. It is the same meaning. Yeah. And I wanted to... Uh... Frater, they're coming up to a break here. There's the intro music for the break. Please hold on through the break with us, and uh, we'll, we'll get back into some more material, which I'm sure you have lots of other finer points to discuss. Stay with us. Yeah, I do. Forward. I will. Great. Thank you. All right. We'll be back on What on Earth is Happening, folks, after these messages. Don't go anywhere. This is What On Is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, we were talking to Freighter X. And he was bringing up some points about Freemasonry. Freighter X, are you still there? I am, Mark. I am. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking to me. Sure. I just wanted to say, first of all, I've been listening to your show every week, and I really, really, really enjoy it. You are, it's like uh, college-level courses here, man. You're like a professor. <laughs> I tell you, it's amazing. I appreciate and, uh, the compliment. I, Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, you, I've, I've been listening to a lot of shows on a lot of different networks lately, and you really are on the top, my friend. You, you're doing a great work. But I wanted to bring up a couple things that I think might be pertinent to what, we're, what you're talking about here. Absolutely. And from the perspective that I can apply some alchemical keys to the Masonic ritual and still, you know, stay outside of the paradigm of the mainstream Blue Lodge system because everyday Masons that I've come into contact with have no idea. And this is not uh, even offered overtly in the symbolic instruction of the degrees. Okay. So, but it's research that I haven't uncovered, you know, laterally and peripherally. Sure. So, what I have for you is, is you've spoken much about the the numbers, the numerology, and and you spoke about the number seven and the combination of four and three, and 
what I what it brought up in me, especially in last week's show, uh, was talking about the seven liberal arts. Yes, and of course you you've spoken of the trivium and the quadrivium. Yes, and the combination of those two, the three would be the lo- logic, rhetoric, grammar, and then the four would be geometry, astronomy, music, music and. Uh, What's the fourth one? I can't remember right off the top of my head, but but you get it. The three and the four combined would be the seven liberal arts, which align with, of course, the seven planetary bodies of the ancient world, the sun, the moon, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Mercury, Saturn. That's right. And, of course, we we know each one of them having a day of the week, a color, an herb, a stone, all assigned. The septenary, and, uh, the seven. Exactly. Yes. And then and alchemy, first and foremost, seeks, uh, this is from my understanding, seeks to join the spirit with the physical and symbolism, the earth represented by the square, as in all four corners, and the spirit world represented by the circle, right. with no beginning or end, an eternal state. And that, in the system of Freemasonry, it, it actually, even though it's not going on, I think, on the conscious level of the average uh, member, the system is available to those who would know to use, employ the two devices to achieve the so-called great work, which would be the square and the compass, in the three degrees, the mason gradually overcomes the physical world of the square, and with the spiritual world, he uses the compass to overcome the square. That's right. And then early alchemical texts of, of the 1500s show plainly, they state that, that uh, to attain the philosopher's stone, one must square the circle. That's right. And then, if you are familiar with this yourself, the penal signs of the degrees, you know, the, the penal sign of the master degree is basically a separation, a, a dividing of man's lower and higher nature right and so there, there there it is you know the same thing you're talking about and that's directly applied to the blue lodge degrees exactly and then of course you the, the the power of the number seven goes with the seven degrees the first degree to the seventh degree which is the holy royal arch degree in the york right system so, once so that's again, the, you have the top you, of that symbolic septenary represented by exactly you know the the four physical uh uh, elements and then the the thought, emotion, and action on top of those, like you said, the gods of the ancient world, the the seven visible planets in the sky, uh, the the, exactly. the the trivium combined with the quadrivium, etc. You can go on and on about the number seven and how many uh, symbolic things it represents. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. But uh, really good work you're doing. I can't wait to have you come on my show. Because uh, I, I really, I got I, one of the things that I'd like to talk about with you more, but I'm let you get back to your show, and that is uh, the what I what I've been calling and referring to is the secret war inside Freemasonry, and what that is, I never really got a chance to go into that on the free zone, but what it really is is there is a struggle within that you have you've mapped it out as the esoteric Masonry versus the dark Masonry, yes, or the you know, the light and the dark. And it is that, but I think that there is a clear line of demarcation that can be, you know, followed that is the incursion of the Scottish Rite into the American Freemasonry system in the, in the beginning of the 19th century. The Interesting. end of the 18th century. I would, I would trace... I'd definitely like to talk more about that. Yeah, and you know, of course, there's the famous letters of Washington, which you can look up at the Library of Congress, where first he is sent a copy of Proofs of Conspiracy by John Robinson, yes. and he sort of dismisses the whole Bavarian Illuminati thing. But then several years later, there's another letter where it comes up again right at the end of his life, and he says, I must acknowledge that there is this problem with the Germanic Illuminati. And that, it ha- and it so that, he, that, that the American rights were infiltrated by a Sun Order, and he talks about them as possibly the Illuminati. So you're, you're familiar with that, yes. with that letter? 
Okay, so that's where I'm basing my research right now is trying to... Are you familiar with the book, The Secret Founding of America by Nicholas Hedger? I have heard I'm familiar with, the, with the, the title of the book, but I have not read it. It's a really interesting, new, newly written, it's uh, 2009, I think. Here's a whole chapter in there called Freemasons, Freemasonry's Battle for America, which I highly recommend that chapter. Well, th- uh, this country was uh, supposed to have been founded upon uh, true esoteric Masonic principles, but it has gone horribly awry from that. And uh, this, oh, this war that you're talking about, there is a struggle between the true light Freemasons and the dark Masons who are trying to build their dark new world order. And we need to help people to integrate all of the truths about uh, all of the uh, esoteric schools that are out there in order to combat this dark order that's coming to fruition so quickly. Uh, because until they have that knowledge of self in hand, they're basically powerless to defend themselves against that because that's what those are the tools that they're using as a weapon against us, the knowledge of how we work, the knowledge of how consciousness works. And unless we come to know that same information, we don't even know how this game is being played or how this war is being fought, however you want to look at that. I couldn't agree with you more. That, that's what put me on my path, is the same motivation, as the realization that I began after the, you know, after birth, the birth of the realization after a, an abundant amount of research, you know, and, and like you said, connecting the dots and realizing that there was a, a language being spoken all around me that I was not privy to. That's right. And I re- required more data, and that's what we're doing, right? That's so, exactly uh, it. And we're going to expose Great it. Job, we're, going to, we're going to use that knowledge to build the true world of freedom. It's going, we're going to make it happen. Freighter X, thanks so much for calling in. I'm going to have to have you on the show for a whole show one, one time and get your views on a bunch of different things. Uh, fascinating information. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. No problem. Uh, contact me. We'll work it out. And you have a great night. Thanks again for all you're doing. And happy Memorial Day weekend. Fantastic. Thank you. Take care. Okay, Freighter X, great call. Let's move on to another call. I'm glad to see people calling in. Here we go. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Mark, this is David in Idaho. Hi, David. How are you? Great. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, It's truly the most valuable time I've found on the radio. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Um, When are you on the break? Oh, sorry, I heard something. Um, we're, we're coming up to a break, but go ahead and then I'll keep you over. Okay, so I've been studying this uh, topic in my faith or religion, and I keep coming up with a parallel bloodlines that intermix and blend. And you've distinguished it between light and dark. Right. And that's really helped me. Um, I had a question on the population hold, control versus hold that, Christ coming hold that, thought, hold that thought and question. Ask it right on the other side. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We were on the line with a caller before the break. He had a question. I'm going to go back to him. We're at the uh, transition point between two different topics of material. Just wrapped up the uh, explanation of the symbolism over the last couple of weeks of the Pyramid and All-Seeing Eye from the Great Seal of the United States. 
we're going to transition into talking about architecture and symbol uh, symbolism in architecture. So as a little change of pace, I'm taking a couple of calls. Uh, good to see that a few people called in today. So let's go back to this caller, and he had a question before the last break. Caller, are yes. you still with uh, us? Yes, as I follow the two intermeaning bloodlines of one of the light god and one of the dark god, I find they both have similar themes, and one of them is to cleanse the earth. So one of them wants to do it for the earth, to protect the earth. One of them wants to do it to redeem mankind or to uh, give mankind a state of rest where they can... And I just kind of wondered, how come these themes like this run so parallel you could get lost so quickly? It's um, It's something that is a dichotomy in all areas of the the occult. Where I differ with the dark occultists isn't necessarily in the form of knowledge that we hold. It's in what we decide we want to do about it. They want to call the population because they look at the world as being completely ignorant and apathetic and cowardly and lazy and not worthy of even living here and they want the planet for themselves. Okay, I don't agree with that. That means that genocide would have to be conducted. They want to kill 90% of the population of, of the earth so that they can uh, have a, a more sustainable way of living and basically control the few remaining percentage of the population as their cattle so that they can basically rule here as gods. Now, while I agree with some of their assessment that there is a lar the largest majority, majority of the po human population is ignorant apathetic, cowardly, and lazy, and doesn't really want to work on themselves or understand anything higher than what they're going to throw on the idiot box uh, during the day or night, you know, and, and, and veg out in front of the TV with some GMO food, okay? Uh, I agree that may be the current conditions, that may be the case of what's really going on, but my assessment about what to do about it completely differs from theirs. I think we need to properly morally educate people. I think we need to give people true incentive to want to improve themselves, help them to understand natural law, that this is really the only way that you can improve the quality of your life by understanding these esoteric principles that lie behind what we, we see in the apparent, apparently physical world. You know, there are physical laws and then there are non-physical ones that apply to our behaviors and apply to the effects of what, what we get as a result of what we're creating through our behaviors. And uh, this is what people need to become truly educated about. And, you know, you, you change the basic education of what people are receiving and you'll see the external uh, reality change because their actions and behaviors will change if they're educated that way from when they're very young. So I don't think a mass calling needs to happen. This is where I completely diverge from my views when it comes to other occultists. Um, and uh, that's one of the reasons when I saw that this was a prevalent view in the occult, that's when it started making me really uncomfortable. I mean, at some point, what, how do you think that you're God, that you are allowed to do anything like that? You know, you know, it's, it's, it's pure egotism run amok, run haywire to a point where these people who have had so much power through money and other influential uh, means think that they're God here. And, you know, I, I that's agree. what it's ultimately all about. And I, I totally disagree the, with that perspective and think that we need to be helping each other come up to higher 
uh, levels of consciousness and awareness through proper moral education in the world, and that's what the world is lacking. I went back and I rewatched um, George Bush's announcement of "We Need a New World Order," yes. the one that you're talking about. When you know, um, just before that, he said, "Are we going to follow the law of the jungle or the rule of law?" Yes, and I thought he's distinguishing between natural law and made-up law. Exactly. And made-up law was the rule of law, and that the law of the jungle was natural law, which we should be following. You are exactly right. You are exactly right, sir. That is exactly what was meant by that speech, and most people overlook that. That is exactly what he meant by that. That's excellent. So, go ahead, continue. continue. So, your show has really brought peace to my heart, and um, I just was listening to William Cooper's uh, uh, series on Babylon, and I just kept getting darker and darker, and I was not um, in a good place. And for the last three or four weeks, you've brought me out of that. Oh, I appreciate that so much. I'm glad to see that I could be of some some help in that regard. And uh, Bill Cooper, yes, he understood uh, quite a bit, and he was uh, uh, on to a lot of aspects of the occult. He looked at it from an extremely dark point of view. That is true. Um, I think we can see that there is another side to this knowledge, and it can be used to help us, not only to hurt us, as it is largely being used in the world by these uh, twisted psychopaths and, and dark occultists. But uh, we can understand that this is ultimately knowledge of self and that if we uh, take that into our possession and cherish it and really uh, wield it as a mechanism uh, of ascension rather than as a mechanism of control, there's no telling uh, the heights that we might go to. So, caller, excellent points. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. And um, um, what a great point about uh, B- Bush's speech about the New World Order when he says that we want to build an order in which the, the law, the, the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, reigns supreme. That is the, the usurpation of all natural law rights and the supplanting of them with man's law. Us being God here is what he's saying. That's the new world order they want to create. And it's all based in mind control because there's no such thing as the law of man. We are not the authors the authorities of anything. There is one authority. There is one true author. And regardless of what you think of that force as, you can call it God, you can call it the creator, you can call it the great architect. It doesn't matter what you call it. Man is not it. Man is not God. Okay? And that's what these dark occultists actually think. That's ultimately what their form of God is, the ego. Self as God, lowercase s self, not higher case s, not the true self, the connected self, connected to the divine uh, order in creation, connected with natural law, but man as God, the, the ego reigning supreme and just trying to get its way all the time through control, through dumbing people down, through keeping knowledge back from them. So uh, a great assessment of uh, Bush's speech there, and I could not agree more. I mean, that is exactly what that Satanist, that Luciferian, dark Luciferian, meant by that statement. And uh, it's uh, something that needs to be understood by more people. So here we go, another caller. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hello? Hello. 
you're live. What do you have for us? Thank you. I have a question on uh, numbers. Numbers. Sure. Now, in yeah, in geometry and numerology, we're working with a base ten system, but there are other base systems. Uh, as I recall, the Sumerians, the Babylonians, no, the Babylonians use a base sixty. That's r- base six. six base- zero. I, I'm not sure whether it was a base 60 or base 6, but it was based in the number 6, definitely. Was, well, yeah, that's where we get our 12, you know, the yes. 12-hour, or 24-hour day, 360 degrees and everything else. But does that impact uh, the Matria when we're reducing numbers if I there are other systems? It can also be used in base 9 or base 8 or 7 or 6, regardless of the base system that it is based on, I believe it still holds true for those systems as well. But uh, we can take take up this on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Stay asleep. Obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with the sunglasses, he's seeing the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolically you couldn't see. Obey. No independent thought. Don't think to yourself. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We were taking calls. I haven't taken a bunch of calls uh, all at once in a while, so I figured this is a good place to do it since we're sort of in between topics. So here we go. Back to the caller from the the last uh, section. Caller, are you still there? Okay, you can continue with your Wait, question. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, my point is, it is a point that uh, we use numbers, but they're all constructs. There's not, number doesn't exist in nature as a, you know, an entity on, it, on the itself. We right. humans created numbers out of the ether, it seems like. It's a symbolic concept. The, the number is there to right. represent an idea about something that does actually exist in nature, namely our consciousness and the way that we we operate it and the way that we interact with it and the way that we express it in the physical domain. So uh, it's it, all of this is, is just symbol. It's symbolic. We have to understand it from a metaphorical, symbolic, and allegorical perspective of how this all fits together to weave a story to basically uh, present a version of reality as the people who constructed such systems are seeing it. But if you uh, go down deeper and deeper into it, everything is built upon some form of archetype, some form of basic underlying form and underlying quantity or amount or shape or design. And that that's the underlying fabric of nature, really, is, is f- form which underlies function. So that's all that numbers and symbols ultimately are. They're deep archetypal um, building blocks through which we are constructing a model, a working model of the reality in which we live in order to better navigate it and to uh, use those basic ideas and principles to better serve us rather than act as a detriment toward our way of existence and being in the world. Is there a direct relationship between numbers and language itself? Well, there's a direct relationship with letters and language. I know that uh, Hebrew carries a really, really deep uh, undertone as far as the meaning of the words uh, when it comes to their alphabet. Um, 
Some people say that the English alphabet is a degradation of that. Some people say that, the, as I said earlier, that the English language is an actual advancement. Uh, hence, they called it an alchemical language or an angel-ish language based on you know, the idea that more green language uh, is found in English than just about any other language. French, there's a lot of green language puns as well, but no, no other language has more than the English language. So um, I would say that there definitely is some kind of uh, deep underlying significance to uh, not only letters but number as well when it comes to language. Absolutely. I think that these things can't really be fully separated because, as you said, number in mathematics is a construct in the mind and so is language. You know, it's just this is how, what we use to express ourselves and to describe the events that we are seeing and to describe quantities that we see around us in nature. It's, it's all constructural. Again, does it, is it used to bind or is it used to serve? In man's law, language is used to bind. In nature, if we employ it to really truly accurately describe the natural world and the systems around us, it could be used to serve. It's all about its usage and the consciousness of the wielder of that tool. These are tools like any other tool. So I hope that answers. Wonder you. where? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But then ultimately, how do we become come in possession of language? We come into possession of numbers. Sure. Yeah, where Dri- it come from? <laughs> driven, driven to think and describe things in higher ways than just grunts or scratching some lines yeah. in in, a, in some sand or a wall or something like that. It's a, a higher expression, and that's what we're always seeking to do: is follow a path to a higher expression. That's that's what the process uh, of evolution is. It harkens back to the Tower of Babel story, however you want to interpret it. Uh, We were were one time at a unified, uh, ultra-unified purpose. Sure. Okay. And then then we wanted to be like gods, you know? And that system came down, and that's what they're trying to build up again. And we'll talk about that symbolism of the Babylonian gold-headed man in future shows and how that's a symbol of total unified control, you know, total centralized control. And how what this dark new world order is looking to do is build back to that system because its level of control through dissemination of knowledge has been weakened. And they 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 want to reel all that back in and take back all of that power for themselves, concentrated in the symbolic gold head, which represents the illuminated man. You know, this group, this cabal of illuminates that really has all of that knowledge and wants to keep the rest of us in the dark. So that's a good point. We will get to symbolism of Babylon in future shows, including the the Tower of Babel and the Babylonian gold-headed man, as described in uh, uh, in the book of I believe Ezekiel. So okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, really getting a lot out of your show more than more than any other show. It's it's fascinating. I appreciate that, sir. Thanks. Okay, okay, I'll let you go now. Thanks. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Great calls. Here we go. One more call, and then maybe I'll introduce the topic of uh, symbolism in architecture to take us out in the last segment tonight. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hello, Mark. Yes. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, I really uh, appreciate your um, explanation um, of the 14 ways of control. Yes. And especially the message of... um, that we suffer from world view poisoning. Yes. Um, I never realized that. 
a lot of people are calling in and talking about that and uh, a lot of people seem to be getting a lot from that explanation how the the occultists who are in control are in control of us right now really use that to their distinct advantage they play upon other people's worldview that is dark that is that is poison that is uh, very much in polarity and in, in an us versus them uh, state of thinking and that is played to our great disadvantage. If we healed our worldview and understood we are all one, and that really what we need to be doing is helping each other to come up that ladder of consciousness, you know, to cl make the climb up to that that the top of that great pyramid, so to speak, symbolically. Um, that that's what our work really is. That's what we really need to be doing. If we understood that their systems of control and methods of manipulation would be all futile and pointless but because of this dark way of we have of seeing the world and each other and our relationships uh, within it um, their methods of control actually become a piece of cake it's, mu it's much easier for them to employ those to their benefit and to our detriment if we have a dark worldview certainly yeah I, I, I never realized that uh all my years of studying these things. I mean, that changed my whole outlook when you said that. Well, that I, I had worldview poisoning. I sure, had it. Sure, I, totally I think... negative. Yep. People are no good. You know, we'll never be able to make the world any better. It's amazing. Uh, I just have two comments sure. from last week's show. Absolutely. Um, would our dollar sign be their way of confusing or substituting the goddess Isis? Absolutely. And our dollar sign? I, I briefly that, spoke of that in the section on money, I believe. Um, absolutely. Oh, okay. It might, might have been in another section, but uh, it's in the podcast archive. But the, the, the dollar sign is two, twofold. One is mm -hmm. that it is representative of the goddess, okay? Because right. money, money is based mm -hmm. in that green principle, that balance principle, okay? Being put forward as a substitute or as a proxy for nature, for balance, for energy, for true care. It's the color of the heart chakra, okay, the green energy of the six-petaled lotus of the Anahata chakra, okay. So this is um, a proxy mechanism that the occult world uses all, all the time, substituting one thing in place of the other and presenting it as the real thing when it is in fact a fake. They're putting the goddess's name, which is recognized as a universal archetype, in place uh, as money, okay, so that we are more readily willing to take it and accept it on faith because we all want the goddess in our lives. We, that, this is what we all ultimately subconsciously aspire to. That's that sense of true care, true togetherness, true unity, consciousness is the goddess principle. And they're, they're substituting through that, that uh, form, that uh, uh, S with the line through it, which is IS, okay. Uh, Isis's name is ISIS, and they're mm -hmm. substituting that in proxy for the real thing, which is true care, true energy, true uh, natural law, etc. Uh, it also is the word is, the state of being, is, you know, just pure being. So they're saying that this is existence itself, this is reality, this is the energy that actually makes you be able to exist able to live, the ability to live. It's your isness, etc. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Don't go anywhere. Call or hang on the line. I'll bring you back for another question. 
You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Welcome back, folks. This is the last segment of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Tonight, we took a look at the last remaining aspects of the esoteric symbolism of the reverse of the Great Seal of the United States, namely the pyramid and all-seeing eye from the back of the $1 bill. And uh, we took a bunch of calls because a whole bunch of people called in. I enjoy seeing that on the show sometimes, and um, always great callers on, on the line here on What on Earth is Happening. Uh, we had a caller from the last segment. I held her over. Let's go back to her, and then I'll wrap things up for today. Here we go. Caller, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah uh, Mark. Um, I was also thinking about the sense sign, the C and the slash, which could be an I. I know it doesn't apply to every single little symbol out there, but I see. I see, yeah. You don't see. Sure, don't sure. See oh, interesting. With money. Interesting, interesting. Sense sounds like sense, as in. Sense, sense. yes, yeah, sense. You Your money ability to perceive. See, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, once you, once you get a little bit of information, you start seeing these things. <laughs> right, right, right. I'll tell you what else helped. Uh, throw the TV out. I threw it away 15 years ago. Awesome. Do nothing but read. That's right. And you begin to see the whole system. There's a, there's a reason that the Latin word book is the basis of the word freedom. Liber in Latin means book and libertas means freedom. Because if you read the right books and you know how to interpret what you read, reading will make you free. Caller, fantastic points. Thank you. So that's what I mean. Always incredible calls, valid points, bringing up new, fresh aspects that maybe I hadn't even thought about or seen. Uh, Just great, great job. As always, this show is the best calls on internet internet radio, uh, without any question. So, for the last little bit of this segment here, let me uh, just introduce the topic of architecture and how actual building projects around us have an effect on our consciousness. And this may be a difficult one for people to grasp or to see or even to acknowledge. And some people will scoff at this and, hey, that's fine. Believe it or don't. Do your research into it. Don't believe me. All of this stuff is out there to look into on your own. But what I will say through my studies and my understanding is that form has effect carried within form there is effect okay and this is because we're all made of form of some type of an underlying form okay so when you put things in a certain proportion on a certain place on the earth in a certain configuration at a certain angle different energies will be created as a result I mean just think about it you know uh, a palace doesn't make somebody feel the exact same as a haunted house, okay? A church doesn't make uh, someone feel the same as, uh, let's say, a, um, uh, a, a supermarket, 
Okay, there is a whole lot of different ways of combining shape, form, angle, okay, energy flow. Some people have called this feng shui in Eastern traditions, the way energy flows through different shapes and passages, the way the actual structures themselves are shaped, okay, carries meaning, carries energy. And this affects us. Whether we want to admit that or not, it has a profound effect, okay? We are not unaffected by the external circumstances or the external environment. We're very affected by that. And we're not separate from that. So these shapes and forms are used as resonators. They resonate with us. They are putting out a vibratory energy into the world, and that's going into us. So studies have actually been done on this. If you research um, psychological experimentation that's been done on rooms of certain shapes and sizes and angles that people have been put in, they, they, their behavior and disposition will change in a room shaped a certain way, okay? It, with air quality a certain way too, okay, in a certain environment. So you put somebody into a different environment with different flow of energy, different shapes or forms that are around them, they will not only think differently, they will behave differently. So if you're constructing whole cities in certain forms, like modern big cities are constructed in 90 degree angles, especially prevalent here in the United States, the grid system of layout of cities, this is regimented, it's conforming conformist. It's constructed with 90 degree angles that are not found in nature. There's no free flowing, namely based on arcs or circles or even just um, meanders, you know, basic uh, free flowing forms that aren't straight lines. You will find different energies when you use these different forms. And largely in the West, in the Western civilization, the straight line grid approach is used when it comes to the construction of cities. Now, you can also look at the intersections of different roads or streets within city layouts, which we'll be doing. You can look at specific buildings and the forms that they're constructed in, which we will will be doing as well. The idea here is that form is not purposeless. There's an intent behind the building of a specific form, and that form carries a specific vibration with it that has an effect on the consciousness of the people that it is in close proximity to. That's the idea. This is otherwise known as geomancy, the study and measure of the earth and the energy lines of the earth and how to put things on specific lines of energy, points, construction points, okay, and forms in which to build these things, specific geometric forms, so that the building project carries with it a certain vibratory energy that affects the consciousness of those around it. So we're going to be looking at 
archways. We're going to be looking at pyramids. We're going to be looking at spires or obelisks. We're going to be looking at star-shaped buildings and patterns, whole street systems, layouts of street systems that form esoteric symbolism. And this is denied by some people, and some people go too far in trying to see things in it. We're going to talk about things that can clearly be seen in it that are related directly to the occult world, and we're going to look at the meanings of these symbols as they are embedded in architecture and street arrangements and layouts. So that's going to be coming up um, on the next What on Earth is Happening. All shows on this radio program are always archived for free, both on Oracle Broadcasting's archive page and the entire series of What on Earth is Happening shows from the very beginning, which I highly recommend anybody just new to the show to go back and, you know, as they say, the best place to begin is at the beginning. Go back to the podcast archive on my website, whatonearthishappening.com, and there you will see all 61 shows. This is show number 62. And uh, you can download those for free and play them back on your computer or, or any other digital audio device, including your cell phones. So uh, avail yourselves of that information on the podcast archive page. There is always uh, other supplemental information that goes along with each podcast, like related images, related audio, related documents, related video, etc. So that's about all the time we have here on What on Earth is Happening. Once again, I want to thank all the uh, callers who call in and bring up just uh, not only valid points, but really thought-provoking points and issues that, again, as I've said, I myself may not have even looked at or seen, and um, uh, just always, always phenomenal, the calls I get, and I hope that that continues into the future. So it was a pretty refreshing change of pace today to take some calls and uh, take a break from the uh, hardcore progression of of uh, topical information. We will get back into that next week, beginning with esoteric symbolism in architecture and street plans. So that's all for today. I'll see you all here next Sunday, 5 to 7 Eastern, 4 to 6 Central, on What on Earth is Happening. Thanks for listening, folks. WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, OracleBroadcasting.com. Up next, the Vantage Point with Michael Vale. Stick around. <laughs>